1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: And welcome to another holiday edition of Spits and Suds. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Gavin Spittle, and I am joined by the uh beast of ep ringside and chap shots it's sean shapiro and today we i am bringing i am bringing the show to you from massachusetts the home of hockey east and about 25 minutes away i'm actually in my child sean i'm in my childhood bedroom right now taping it. <laughs> there you go That's yeah a, dedicate, absolutely dedication to the pod dedication Not, dedication to the pod if we were If we were dropping a pin as far as my location, it would be 25 minutes north of Merrimack College, which is sitting first in Hockey East, so a little hockey tie-in. I wish I could see them, but they're on on holiday break right now, but uh, they always, for such a small school, they always put out a pretty good program there in uh, Merrimack, as does UConn, and it's kind of weird looking at hockey East standings and just seeing like Boston college, not there and UNH down the bottom. It's just, it's, it's kind of weird how, you know, some of these schools have just developed these uh, pretty awesome, small hockey programs. And, and, you know, in, in the Michigan area, that's the case too, with like the Michigan techs and, and it's just, it's pretty awesome division one hockey.
2: Yeah, it's kind of cool how, uh, and I went to a school in Bowling Green that also has Division One sports for other things, but I I always felt it's, hockey can be kind of one of those where if you're a school from a not traditional Power Five basketball slash football conference, right? like hockey can be that sport though, where you can go and find the niche to compete, where you can find a way to have you actually have a chance to have like true national relevance. And like, as much as I, like as someone who went to a Mac school, right. As much as like, it's nice or it's like, Oh, Tuesday night, we can see our games on ESPN because we don't play on Saturdays for, for that reason. <laughs> but as much as it's yeah. nice, as much as it's nice for that, like the only sport that, that like has like real, that has that real like chance to make an impact in, within its respective sports world is the hockey team. And so it's kind of a, It's nice to see uh, it stand up for the, it's nice to kind of see programs build that stuff. Uh, Obviously up there, like you always think of like a Quinnipiac or something like that. Somewhere where it's like, you know, where it's like, I don't know how Quinnipiac is at any other sports, but I know its profile has been raised because of what they do on the ice. So it's stuff like that. That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I also want to give a a shout out to Hannah Bilcott on the uh, women's hockey side. She plays for Boston College, and she is actually a North Texas native. She's now on Team USA. So, Hannah, keep up the great work. Uh, We got a star in the making in North Texas. So, pretty cool to uh, see kids from uh, North Texas. I was actually going to ask you this, and we're going to get into stars in a second. We'll talk about Edmonton, and and then we'll talk about the game tonight as an original six. Montreal Canadiens uh, comes into town. Who do you think has been the most successful North Texas hockey player thus far?
2: Um well, I think I mean it's hard to not look at uh at Blake Coleman I Blake Coleman won won back-to-back Stanley Cups with Tampa. He it's hard to not look at Blake Coleman I think as as the answer just as someone who won back-to-back cups obviously uh, one of them came at the expense of Dallas uh interestingly enough in 2020 and, and and that bubble final um like so it's it's hard to not look at Blake as the answer for that um i think the the bigger name where people will always seth jones i think will kind of the jones brothers were always yep. going to be a little bit of a more may have a little bit more of the individual profile but um Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 fact that Coleman won a cup, I I, will have to double check this. I I believe he's the second player born in Texas to win a Stanley Cup. Um, I know Brian Leach won one as well. Um, Brian Leach, I think, was born in Corpus Christi, I think. And but Brian Leach wasn't didn't grow up in Texas. Like he was right. born in Texas, but he was, he, I believe he moved when he was two or three years old and it just, and he, he grew up in, in more traditional hockey country. And, but Blake Coleman, who was the first, I believe, and I'll have to double check this. I believe the first like born and raised, born and trained hockey player from the state to win a cup. And so it's hard to not uh, look at, look at him as the kind of, as, as, as that person. Um, but it's, I mean, look, Stefan Nason's having a great year right now. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, he's someone who it's funny. Like he was in, uh, he was in Dallas on a PTO a couple seasons ago. And it's one of those things where it's not, uh, obviously you don't give spots because where a guy is from and everything like that, but you, uh, it would have been nice to kind of, you think like if, if he had been able to kind of, uh, find that success in Dallas how cool would that have been so that
0: would have been really really cool and he's been really effective on the power play i mean and, and just listening to his interviews he really he, he's enjoyed the role of gravitating toward the net and he's just one of those guys and he's he's become similar to joe pavelski where he's got very good uh, stick skills and you know we watched him on that tip the other night and uh you know I- impressive and it was great it's great to see the plano native really you know finding a home i mean that's a that's a good bargain for them picking him up i think he's got five uh five power play goals or six it's, yeah it's
2: pretty- yeah he's got like, i know he has like six goals and i think five yeah. are on the power play I yeah it gets yeah it's uh he had the one uh I, I can't remember whether it was in the shootout or it was a penalty shot but he had the uh teed up the scored on he teed up the slap shot on the either the shootout or the penalty shot earlier this year and i remember seeing that and i liked that too so all
0: right so let's give people what they want we'll talk uh talk dallas stars so against uh edmonton the other night sean um i kind of look at it like this i think for two periods it was you know pretty much even um and i thought the goaltending was good on both sides and uh then kind of a third uh, third period breakdown by the Stars and some, um, you know, getting into some penalty situations, and you can't allow Edmonton on the power play, and then some unfortunate uh, miscues in the defensive end. Uh, I think, you know, I don't want to jump all over Heishkanen. I mean, I think he knows that that was a bad pass that it had to go along the boards, but at the, you know, at the same time that kind of started the tumbling for the Dallas stars. And, and I mean, the fact is is that Edmonton sees the opportunities and, and, and they ran away with it on the third period, your thoughts.
2: Yeah. It's uh, I, th- I think it's a, pr- it's a pretty good summary right there. Um, the note that like I would add is like, when you watch games, it's always interesting to see paths guys come from. And it was uh just it's hard not to. Obviously, if you're a Stars fan and you're watching that game, you get frustrated. You want to win every game, but it's hard not to smile for Matthias Janmark just because. Yeah. Obviously, the the, the path his career has gone, and think back to his rookie year, and then he misses his entire second season of his career because of the genetic knee injury. And they thought his career was going to be over and he's continued to find spots. And I know he's been in a couple spots since Dallas now in Vegas, Chicago, now Edmonton, but to see him continuing to kind of find a game and continue to grow to continue to be, to find places like that's good to see. So I, I, I think that that's one of those things where if you're watching that game as a stars fan, you obviously you get, you want to win, but It's hard not to feel to smile for Matias Janmark as someone who you know what he's gone through. And he's also someone who is a pretty good dude as well. So,
0: yeah, that that is good. And, you know, you got to see the McDavid speed put on display in the third period. The Stars did a really nice job shutting him down in in the first two periods. And then if you listen to Spits and Suds on Friday um you know not to toot our horn sean but we were talking about right nugent hopkins and a guy that you know you should uh, watch out for and he was certainly one of the stars of the game
2: yeah he's uh we were talking about him as being that guy who was supposed to be the guy um before as, as a former number one pick and then uh kind of obviously when you draft guys like mcdavid and dry you no longer are the guy but he's uh he's a really good example and we talked about this last week but just to kind of harp on that and you saw it in person. He's a really good example of a guy who can embrace his role but still has that elite level that can take over when needed. And he may not have the consistency to do that every game in all facets of the game, but he he does it defensively every game, but he may not be the, the most consistent guy doing it all 200 feet of the ice every game, but you could you saw what, he, what he's able to do and you saw how he can do that and it's just stuff like that just it's what makes that Edmund team so much when that Edmond team goes into the playoffs they're going to want Nugent Hopkins playing like that because if you have to spend a second thinking about anyone other than McDavid that's one more second McDavid has to take advantage of space it's just yeah it's like it's that's that team is if they get any depth if they get any support at all and you take any attention away from McDavid it's just it creates makes that it makes the best player in the world even more dangerous so he's it's good that's it's a it's a good signs for the for the Oilers out of that
0: yeah absolutely
1: ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: And I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. He's Sean Shapiro of Shap Shots and also EP Rinkside. And, you know, a couple other nuggets uh, that I plucked from the game the other night. Um, I thought Edmonton, especially early, was extremely physical. They came out with strong legs and they were aggressive and they really wanted uh, front of the net presence. Uh, And that was something that um, I think... I don't want to say took the stars by surprise, but it was just, you know, causing a little havoc in front of the net. Uh, I thought the stage wasn't too big for Wyatt Johnston. And I thought that was awesome to see a terrific breakout pass from Marchment and they continue to gel as a line. And, uh, hopefully that line stays together. It was great to see Sagan get on the board with that tip. So I think there were some real good things. Like I said, just some, just some third period lapses and that's going to happen, uh, uh, throughout the season but yeah uh, you know let's get let's get into Wyatt Johnson a little more we talked about him on Friday and and, and just boy that quick wrist shot and uh, just just the way he's playing and I don't I don't think there's a stage too big for this uh, young gent Sean no he's been I mean he's continued to be
2: just imp- be to impress us and find ways to make himself such an important part of this team and everything like that. And I I think you you're seeing it's I mean, I know a lot gets made and you've heard that and people may even be sick of hearing like, oh, he's living with Pavelski and everything like that. I mean, I that really just kind of having that experience of how of learning how Joe Pavelski's handling the ups and downs of the season and how he approaches every game, how Joe Pavelski, like, I mean, as silly as this sounds, like how Joe Pavelski, his sleeping habits, how Joe Pavelski makes coffee in the morning, just as, as silly as it sounds, all the little things that are going to be into being, to being a pro, like, that is contributing to Johnston's success this season. He's learning all of those things that you uh, you typically don't get a veteran player willing to open up their kind of database, basically, their brain for yeah. the way Pavelski is for him, like on a day-to-day basis. Like, I'm not saying, like, you see it at the rink a lot. You'll be like, oh, like an older player will be like, oh, hey, I'm going to help this young guy with this or talk to this guy on the road. Or, but it's a whole other level to take a guy in, and let him live with you and your family. Joe Pulsky's got a has has a son of himself has has son has a son himself, and his he, his wife and everything. And so it's a whole other thing to take that on, and kind of basically give Wyatt Johnston kind of like the leg up to figure out a lot of this institutional how to be of NHL or knowledge that some guys are forced to learn through trial and error and i'm not saying i like you want Johnston to learn through trial and error but it's also good to learn which mistakes to avoid even before you ever make them so it's it's it's, it's been great
0: now sean you're you're a big hockey history buff can Mm -hmm. you remember how far this goes back because no other sport does this that consistently and i have so many questions for wyatt johnston does he pay rent does he do dishes Like I, I know here in Massachusetts, they have the Cape Cod baseball league and you live with families and you have to get a job and you have to do chores around the house. And it's part of, you know, that, that building and it was, you know, I'm just so fascinated by this process. I remember, I think Crosby lived with Lemieux when he first came into the league.
2: He did. He lived in, uh, for the, I believe it was the whole first season. I think he lived with, he lived with Lemieux, he lived with Lemieux, uh, I believe lemieux had like an apartment like basement or whatever that like that 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 crosby was living with was living in so they were kind of under the same roof but also not um uh they were under the same roof but not also nearly as like uh there's a little bit more independence with crosby but essentially it was the same thing um now one difference is mario lemieux also owned the team which is which is (laughs) which is also a little bit different as, as well but there is uh yes definitely some similarities there you see it um it also comes down to um at the end of the day it also comes down to the player's comfort level too right like um what is Johnston comfortable with doing? Like some guys don't want to be the, like, this is this, if, if why Johnston wanted to live by himself, I mean, he's making enough money to go find an apartment in Dallas. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, like it's so part of it also comes down to what the young guy wants to do. And, and some guys don't want, I'm, there's, if a guy's got a girlfriend or something like that, like, okay, well, I don't need to live with another family or whatever. Like it's, there's certain elements that come into play. Um, but I think one of the reasons we see this a little bit more on the NHL side of things sometimes is, um, part, I think there's just such a, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty as far as for, there's a lot of uncertainty with where guys will end up if in, at Johnson's stage, because like, remember going into training camp, like we all were like, Oh, is Johnston going to make the team? But could if he doesn't make the team is he going to go back to windsor is he going to do what? what is he going to do and the same thing went with you talk about like a maverick bork is playing down in texas where could he have been on the team and i i think it's with kind of the up and down nature of the nhl and with the more kind of like with them not playing every single day. I think that's why you kind of get a little bit more of this. Like it's something where I don't think you need it. If any of you can correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, Gavin, but I think you, I don't think you would need this in baseball because you're in, you know, baseball schedule, they're at the ballpark every single day. There's a game every single day. Like a baseball player doesn't really like, A baseball player's house is really just where he sleeps during the season, just (laughs) like that's where hockey is obviously a little bit different where you got practice at noon and then you got the rest of the day and all that stuff. So I think there's a little bit more of a natural need for it in the NHL. And there's also a little bit of that kind of that natural economic factor of it where entry level rookie salaries are higher in some of the other sports too. So it's easier for guys. It's easier for guys to go and like just buy a house right away. And I'm not saying Gavin, I'm sorry, why Johnson doesn't make enough to buy a house. I'm just talking about when, when you're, when your paycheck has that many zeros behind it, it's easy to make the decision to just buy a house now or buy a place now. And NHL guys, I think are a little bit more conservative about when they, uh, when they, when they decide to make that plunge. Like I remember Esselin Lindell telling me, like Essa didn't buy a house in Dallas until after he signed his big contract. And clearly he could have bought one earlier and, and done all that stuff, but it was just kind of one of those things. Like it, it 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 kind of happens that way.
0: Yeah, interesting. In your conversations with Maverick Bork, has the Wyatt Johnson acceleration motivated not that he didn't need it, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, is Maverick looking at that like, okay my time's coming quick, like I'm going to push myself even harder. And did you guys talk about that at all?
2: Yeah, we didn't talk as much about Wyatt, we talked, I, I did talk to Maverick a little bit um, about kind of the long term, not even long term, but just like the the projection of where space is in Dallas and how things are going. And, and he sees a lot of um, potential and hope that his time can kind of be. Obviously, the hope is always that the call comes today and your time is tomorrow. But he he sees a lot of hope, and with what they're the opportunities Johnston has been giving, and the opportunities that that Miro got a couple of years ago, and everything like that, um, he is encouraged by the fact that he will be able to win that spot sooner than later, and that's that's a good thing. Now. I'm not going to, that's, that's about as much as I can say about it, because to be, to be true, to be fair to Maverick, we had a Maverick's first language is still French. And so Maverick and I, our conversation was a little bit more back and forth. So I don't want to put too many words in his mouth, but from our conversation, from talking to other guys that know him around Texas, it's definitely, they're seeing that the stars are giving the young guys the opportunity if they earn it. And that's going a long way. And that's something you want as a franchise.
0: Interesting. You're listening to Spits and Suds. Thanks for listening to this holiday edition. Before we move on to Montreal, I wanted to get your opinion, Sean, on the network TV late start. I mean, kudos to Stars fans. Mm -hmm. You guys filled the barn. Um, That was impressive. Uh, But the reality is it's it's a Wednesday night, and um, the New Jersey game ran late. New Jersey, Florida went into overtime. So your puck drop was about 855. Um, and that is very late. I, you know, I mean, we were heading toward the midnight hour as that Stars game ended. So I know, you know, I'd see on Twitter over the years, why don't the Stars get more network games with this new package? You know, it, it does allow, you know, more teams to be seen. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh But at the same time, you know, and I know, Dallas Mavericks fans have faced this lately too. That's a tough start time.
2: Yeah, it's kind of the it's the the damned if you do, damned if you don't stuff about network TV because like you always hear people be like, oh, why why don't they get more network TV games or why don't they get more national TV games? And the minute they do, you often get sign of like the whole like, well, hey, I want my broadcaster. Like it it's kind of becomes an almost just feels like a no win sometimes because you get people looking at it both ways um i the one thing i would do if i were an nhl team is like i think you don't you you want to be in that showcase you want to be in the games that like like you want like i don't like that i think you kind of accept the necessary evil of the nine o'clock game but i think teams should be more proactive in finding the balance out for that Elsewhere on the schedule, and what I mean by this is, okay, you're playing a nine o'clock game on on a on a Wednesday around the holiday season. that kind of sucks. but you know what? You go to the league and you're like, hey, let's get let's get it, let's get the two o'clock Saturday game. Let's get like I just kind of find like the little give and take where you use that to try to get some more of those games where it's like, okay, we're pretty much kind of boxing out and making it almost impossible for most families to come with a nine o'clock start. So let's try to find an alternative. Let's find, let's try to make one on the schedule where it's like, okay, let's make sure, Hey, next time we, let's, let's try to get a Saturday two o'clock game or whatever, where you can get more kids into the building, more families into the building. Like it's kind of the, the give and take of it. Um, I would, uh, The one for me about it is just the consistency of it. It's like if it happens every once in a while, that's that's okay. But you just don't want to get stuck in that in that role all the time. Where like like I think if I'm if I'm Brad Albert, Stars Team President, I'm talking to the NHL and Turner about this, and I'm like, hey guys, we want to be part of your showcase. We want to do this, but we're not just going to be easily pushed into. Oh, you can be on national TV because you can play the late game we don't want to be that no we're good enough where we can we're going to push back like okay in the future we'll play earlier we can play you can start like i i know i know you'd have to get a little bit pushed to get people out there but like hey we can play the earlier game on national tv so i i think it's understanding where you are accepting the reality of it but then also not sitting back and taking it on the back end too
0: So now we look ahead to tonight, Montreal comes to town, Uh, back-to-back Canadian teams. We have an original six, and uh, the Canadians playing pretty well right now, Um, getting points in their last two games at Arizona, at Colorado. Um, Recent call-up, Anthony Richard, uh, getting his first NHL goal, and he's impressed early, um, kind of cool uh, seeing him get called up was drafted back in 2015. Um, but just the highlights I've seen great speed. and then we got to talk about the stars, Cole Caulfield Nick Suzuki. Um, they have some great pieces. Uh, currently 500, 15, and 15. Um, tough division they play in, but at the same time, I think Martin St. Louis done a nice job there. And it's they have some interesting uh, building blocks. Jake Allen's played well on this trip. So it's going to be a little test for the Stars tonight.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting team because Montreal is kind of in that space where with that Eastern Conference, I, I just I still see them at least a year, maybe two from being a real playoff team. But at the same time, you talk about Suzuki, you talk about Caulfield, you talk about a lot of the young guys they're building around, and I don't know. This is this is this is going to be the the interesting long term effect of the for the Canadians. I think is I'm not sold on I don't I'm not sold on Marty St. Louis right now as a head coach. And I want I want to, I want to put a caveat an asterisk on this. Like yeah, I'm not please. saying he's not doing I'm not saying he's not doing a good job. I think the job he has right now is to help Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Guys who are kind of similar to him take their game to the next level and develop them. So when Montreal is a contender in a year or two, they're ready to just take things over to an even further level. Like, and I think he's, I think St. Louis is the perfect guy to help uh, help that level of player to help develop, help the individual guys take the next step. I still, for me, the jury is still out of whether this is the right decision for a head coach, because there's a difference between helping young guys take the next step, being a former player that understands the dynamics of the game and being able to manage an entire group and get an entire group up above, take it, take a group to the next level. And I still need to see more from St. Louis personally before I can feel confident that he's that guy. I, I actually think what Montreal did in hiring him was perfect because with the expectation of, we don't know if we're going to compete for, we don't, we're probably not really in a spot where we can compete for a year or two. Like they get a chance to kind of figure that out. And I think St. Louis knows that he is kind of on that not borrowed time, but he's kind of like in that like test phase, like, like he's, he's a guy who's a head coach, but it also feels like it's an interim tag for the long-term title. Like, is he just a guy who can develop individual talent or can he take an entire team to the next level? And I don't know the answer to that, but When you're in Montreal and the fact you're trusting him to do that, they're at least putting all the tools in there to best find the answer out to that. So it's one of the more interesting coaching situations, just because so many times you hear like, it's like, Oh, this guy is, this guy has no experience and, or doesn't have any head coaching experience prior or something like that. You hear a lot of things like that. And these guys don't get the, the chance to, for us to figure out what, they actually are right or wrong and i think he's going to get us give us that chance um so we can we can at this time next year two years from now and we're seeing if st louis is a great coach that's great he will have proven that he can be more than just a individual talent developer but right now i need to see more
0: true i wonder also uh laval you know he's a laval quebec yeah. native yeah um you know the bilingual for those that don't know the history of the montreal canadians the coaches are bilingual they speak both french and english that kind of limits your choices
2: it does i think there's been one uh i think there's been one non non uh, only one canadians coach in franchise history that didn't speak french i believe if i i'm gonna look this up really uh while we do that and he didn't last very long um it was uh it's it's something where as part of yeah, it was uh Randy Cunningworth. Um and he uh he was Randy Cunningworth was twenty eleven. He was the interim coach and it just it didn't it didn't it didn't go it didn't go well. The whole the owner the owner of the Canadians, they uh they, they literally had to issue a statement about why they hired someone who couldn't speak French and, we go. Yes. and it's just kind of like it's I mean the same thing happened when uh, when Suzuki was named the captain there. Suzuki doesn't speak a lot of French. He knows a little bit and it was the whole there was there was columns in the Montreal papers can Canadians have a captain that doesn't speak French? It's it's a dynamic um it's a dynamic in Montreal where it would be like if uh the best comparison would be like if uh if there was a language, if Texas spoke a different language, right. And all of a a sudden the, and, and the, the rule became, okay. The only, only Cowboys coach could be someone who is from Texas. And obviously there's, there's a lot of great candidates that would come from that pool. But when you're limiting your pool of, of candidates too, they must have this one certain background or they must have this one certain thing. You're cutting yourself short on, on, on what, what you can do. Um, So the whole there's always that that debate is always going to rage on in Montreal. That's a debate where 30, 40 years from now, there will be debates of, well, could you have a should Montreal's uh, GM and coach uh, be Francophone? And that's uh, it's it's one of the reasons they have so many Stanley Cup banners, frankly, because there was in the early in in the early days of the NHL uh, up and and everything like that they got so many of those great quebec players and everything like that and it's the reason they have such a great history but it's also that history i think frankly also can hold them back a bit too because that's the game is has evolved it would be uh i mean how many uh how many if you if you had told the how, how many, uh, American hockey teams would you be like, oh, well, you can only hire an American head coach. Like, I right, well, no, that, that doesn't mean I can hire I mean, an American head right. coach might be the best candidate, but what if he's not like, yeah, like it's, 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 it's limiting your prospects pool. So,
0: yeah. And for those wondering, that means, uh, Craig Ludwig is a future candidate. He speaks okay. very bad French, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he did win a cup in Montreal.
2: But it, it's 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 funny one of the things like you think about this because like i've i've talked before about how uh i think texas stars assistant gm scott white like i feel like his name should be on those lists sometimes for a future nhl gm job with what he's built in texas and scott white is um is is from quebec actually he's uh he, talking to him you wouldn't even realize it he spoke mostly english but he speaks french and so i like I've like when Montreal was in the spot of they were hiring a new g m and everything like that, I was like,' well, well, what about Scott White? He's someone who's bilingual and could do that job, but he I had to double check like I texted someone just to confirm like he is bilingual, right? The fact that's the caveat you have to look up first is uh it's it can be uh it can be an issue, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt I was actually. Um, I was looking, I was just looking at the blue jacket staff because, uh, one of the, uh, guys that I really like is Pascal Vincent. Mm -hmm. So I've always liked him. I liked him when he coached Manitoba. Um, I actually thought he should be a head coaching candidate. I know he got a few interviews, but no, no, like deep looks, um, and now he's the assistant coach uh, i thought you know i thought for some i thought he was gonna you know take over in winnipeg uh eventually but i know he was on their candidate list and when i would talk to people in winnipeg they say that he was uh you know he, they didn't want him to leave the organization so he eventually he eventually did so maybe that's a a future uh montreal coach
2: maybe you yeah, can see but, it. Like, yeah, it's I think for right now, I think we're gonna see St. Louis this season and next, and yeah, we'll kind of see where it goes goes from there. So right now it's kind of a bit of a it's kind of a built-in honeymoon phase on it too, though. Like it's always gonna be um as right now, there's not the expectation to compete. once yeah. that uh, once that happens, things change quickly in that market.
0: So if you're taking a date to the Stars game tonight at the AAC, you can lean over to her and say, do you realize that the Montreal Canadiens head coach has to be bilingual? And you will sound like a smart person in the barn tonight. (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) just those little nuggets you get on spits and suds. (laughs) Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore.
1: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
0: right, let's do an overview before we say goodbye. um, Because there will be a three-day break after this game. And I wanted to get your thoughts thus far on, uh, this Dallas star season.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, I think you you're going into the Christmas break. You are a top, top of the central, you're top of the central right now. Um, you win, you get a, you get a point tonight, you'll still be top of the central going into the break after 35 games. It's I mean, things are going well, like you've got a coaching staff, the new coaching staff that's kind of finding the fits you've got some things that are working both ways I like, I I think you have to be thrilled as a stars fan before the season you and I both talked and looked at like ah, you know what I think they're going to be in that wild card range, no expectations have changed for me, over the next 50 games you expect them to be competing to win the central not just make the playoffs. It's no longer a question of will they make the playoffs. It's how good will they be when they go in. And that's, that's great that those goalposts have moved because that's the mark that a franchise is going in the right direction. Um, I think this, this, is, this is like, think about this. The Stars, assuming they, if, if they win tonight, they will be, and this is wild to think about, they will be the only team in the Western Conference without double-digit regulation losses by Christmas. Wow. Like that's, that's impressive. Like it is in, impressive in the East. You have like the East is is, is running wild, right? And Boston, Toronto, uh, Carolina, New Jersey, Pittsburgh are all at single digit regulation losses, but in the West, the stars have the least amount of regulation losses. And that's, if you, if you had told me that going into Christmas, the stars would still have single digit regulation losses. I would have been like, wow, what, wow. What happened? Like, great. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So when they come back, Sean, you have some pretty important divisional games. Uh, You're on the road against Nashville and then on the road once again against Minnesota uh, before uh, seeing the Sharks uh, again for uh, New Year's. So, you know, it'll be interesting. My thoughts, I'm loving the continued progression of Jake Ottinger. We've talked about it on this pod. Uh, Wyatt Johnston continues to impress me, and that's why I keep bringing him up uh robertson now is a mainstay this isn't a fluke and he proved it again on wednesday night and you know watching that line is an absolute pleasure and uh kudos to uh pete de boer they're buying into the system and uh you know I, i'm liking what i see i do have in the back of my mind sean Um, And I know he has a great relationship with Jim Neal, but I have in the back of my mind that the DeBoer system, first year success. So um, we'll have to worry about that in the, you know, in the future, but I, I agree with you. Um, Now the standards have been raised. My prediction, and I'm going to stick with it, was you know fighting for a wild card spot. But my expectation now is to be top three in the central, and I think they can uh, achieve that. And uh, I want them to prove me wrong. And uh, you know, I, I it's great to see because one under the under bonus and Montgomery, um, you know, to a certain extent. know we didn't see that depth scoring and now we're seeing more players get involved and more depth scoring i always felt as though like after the first two lines it was like all right just maintain so the first two lines can get rest i no longer feel that
2: yeah yeah no it's it's the depth is there and it's opening up and it's making things easier for the top line and easier for the big guns and everything like that it's it's good
0: it's really good But Um, you know me, I want Radic Fox off the power play. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, (laughs) but I I did want to add, man, um, it's not the end of the season, but I truly enjoy working with you on this podcast. And you've been a beast to our listeners. And thank you for all the insight. Um, We focus on Stars Hockey, but we also love the NHL perspective uh, that you bring. And uh, happy holidays to you and to your family. And uh hopefully the stars can pick up uh two points before the break and uh continue the streak.
2: Yeah, and same to you. It's been it's been a blast having this conversation twice a week here, just talking about hockey, talking stars. And uh yeah, everyone out there, thanks for listening. Uh do all the I'll I'll hope I'll hope Gavin with the hey, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, everything like that. And look at uh, you. And uh <laughs> and uh now everyone seriously have a enjoy, have a happy holiday. Uh enjoy a couple of days off. Uh, it's, uh, and, uh, if, if you're looking for your hockey fix on Monday, uh, check out, uh, check out, check out the world junior championships if you're looking for your hockey nice. fix on Monday. So nice. And I'll
0: be back into town Tuesday. So we'll see Sean's availability and we'll crank out some more podcasts in the uh, upcoming, uh, weeks. So uh, safe travels if you're traveling right now, uh, everyone out there. And, uh, yeah, a lot, uh, lot of good puck uh, on tonight before the uh, winter break. And enjoy the winter break with your family. And uh, you're right, plenty of hockey to be found uh, somewhere. Sean, always a pleasure. And We'll catch up with you next week.
2: You too, man. Have a good one. And uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah,
0: everything. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Hanukkah. And thanks for listening to another edition of Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan.